Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. Was Pastor Sam not powerful on Wednesday? Oh, I see. Well, I say, was he not powerful on Wednesday? I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't stop listening to the message. I listened to it so many times. Hallelujah. I don't know why he's sitting down. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. Are you there? On the same day when evening had come, he had said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And had a great wisdom. Okay, the black man too didn't work. All right. So let's try this one. This one sounds a bit better, doesn't it? Okay. So give me juice. And the waves beat unto the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep with, on a pillow, and they woke him up and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said, said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why were you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who is, can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want us to read verse 40 together. All of us, verse 40. Ready? Let's read. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? So no faith is as a result of being fearful. And we know that the absence of faith encourages fear. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about the opposite of faith. We've been talking about faith. We, the last uh, we talked about was uh, how to activate your faith, isn't it? And we said the equation was right thinking, right believing, right confession equals activated faith. Are you with me? So we want to activate our faith. Our minds matter. The way we think, how we think. It's very important. Isn't that right? How you think. You see, the way you think must not be the thinking of the world. So Romans, uh, Paul says that be not conformed to this world, but be renewed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. The way your mind works is the way 
you operate. Are you with me? If your mind works negative, you operate negative. Even if you are saying positive and your mind is working negative, you act negative. Amen. And, and we've already said that faith is not what you say, but faith is what you do because of what you believe. And what you believe is directly affected by what you think. Are you with me? I said to you, what you think is like the corridor. How many remember? It's like the corridor. As for your mind, things can walk through it. How many have thought of some things that you don't, you don't think is expedient to share it with anybody before? You know, it just, it, it, it's not like you plan to think, think it. It just came into your mind. And it was not a very good thought. Are you with me? And, uh, and, uh, and I, I said to you that it's not everything that passes through your mind that you must act on. Are you with me? It's not everything that comes into your mind that you must, you must even entertain. As for corridor, any, you see a corridor in a hotel, anybody walks on it. Invited guests, visitors, uninvited guests, thieves, everybody is allowed to walk on the court. You see, if you like, go from here to any hotel. Just walk past the, the reception and go on the corridor into the rooms and see whether somebody will stop you. Nobody will stop you. But try and get into a room. Then you'll be stopped. The belief is the room. But the thinking is the corridor. Uh, are you getting it? And as for the corridor, everything is allowed. But you must be smart enough not to allow the things that come into your head to stay. Are you with me? Not everything you think is from God. Not everything you think must stay in your head. Are you with me? That's how come you, you, you have entry and exit. So just as the entry Things coming, you must have equal size of the entry as the size of the exit. Because good things enter and bad things enter. Are you with me? So you must have equal measure of the size of exit. So it's because if the entrance is a lot, it's big, and the exit is narrow, then most things will stay. Are you with me? That is what brings depression. Depression is when you allow only few things to get exit and a lot of things to enter. Are uh, you getting it? Because the, the, more, the more things enter your head and the, the least the things exit, the more you are weighed down, the more you are encumbered, the more you feel sad, the more you feel sorry for yourself, the more you feel like giving up because too many things have been allowed to enter and too few things have been allowed to leave. Are you with me? So, like an entrance, there must be an equal size of Allow some things to leave. Am I making sense? So that you can have, you see, so if you have a, a right thinking, it will affect, affect your belief system, which will affect your behavior. Are you with me? So as for the door that leads into belief, you must guard it. So the writer said, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. So, guard your spirit, man. Guard the entrance of your, your soul. Guard it. It's not everything. You know, they don't like me. 
They don't like me. They don't like me. It started as a thought. They don't like me. Then you started seeing things that confirm that they don't like you. They don't like me. And then after a while, you believe they don't like me. It was a thought that was lingering that you are allowed to enter into your heart, your soul. Then you saw confirmations with your eyes. How many know that your viewpoint is dependent on your point of view? Where you stand is where it's... If you see, if you see a, a, a particular car and you want to, you like it, you see that now you, everywhere you pass, you see that particular car. Meanwhile, you didn't used to see that car before. Because your point of view, it, it, it makes you see what you have to see. Uh, am I talking to somebody? And then you start interpreting by how you see and what you have seen. And you, you begin to see things the wrong way. Are uh, uh, you getting it? So learn to see things the right way. What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of a good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, which presupposes that for your thought pattern, you are actively involved in what you think and what you believe. Are you with me? Thinking is not, you are not uh, alienated from your thought pattern. Are you with me? The corridor, you control it. So you decide who stays on the corridor and who gets out. So when it's a bad thought, you say, the door. Just as you came out. When it's a good thing, you are welcome to enter. Hallelujah. And, and last, last week, Pastor, Pastor Sam was telling us how we, ha- we can actively allow things to enter. Good things to enter, to stay. As you listen, faith comes by hearing. And it's not just hearing anything. You must hear things that will, will enhance your faith. You must, you must decide on things that will, you, you, you need to hear to make your faith enlarging. That's why you must become a student of, of, of uh, preaching. Listen to preaching tapes every day. For the last God knows how many years, there's never been any one night I don't sleep with a tape of preaching. And I don't wake up with a tape of preaching. I end my day with the word of God and I start my day with the word of God. Are you with me? Because it is building my own Personal faith. Because if, I, if I'm hearing, then I'm allowing it to enter. Which means that once I'm hearing something that's building my faith, things that will make my faith go down are not allowed to stay. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about, uh, about the things that uh, uh, pushes faith away. The thing that makes us faithless. I'm going to concentrate on talking about faith. Because sometimes the best way to describe something is to describe the opposite of it. Are you with me? So that you can see what is really not. And here is a case where these guys had Jesus. God made flesh. Staying in, uh, in, in their boat. Stay on their boat. Phoebe. 
my old microphone. See that that will work. They, 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 they came to a place, they came to a place where there was a storm. And the storm was tossing the boat. Jesus was in the boat, but Jesus was asleep. Jesus was asleep in the boat. The disciples were in the boat scared. That should tell you how different people react to different the same thing. Are you with me? There is a storm. Everybody is feeling the storm. But one person is asleep in the boat, in the storm. And then some people are gyrating and helter-skelter in the same boat. I'm going to leave it alone. But I want you to see that we all react differently to the same thing. Because of what we know and who we know. Are you with me? So don't think that because you are gyrating, all of us are gyrating. That's not true. Some of us are asleep in the same problem. So sometimes you you will see you will see the pastor. That's why this pastor never has any problem. Are you with me? But they are also in the same boat as you. But they are not gyrating. But you look at you. <laughs> they were afraid. Whilst he got up and rebuked the wind. I I wonder why he didn't rebuke the sea. Because the thing that was troubling them was the sea. Get it. Get a picture. It was the sea that was rocking the boat. And that was making them afraid. But when he got up, he did not pay attention to the effects. He went for the cause. Most of the time, what we, 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 we gyrate about is the symptoms and not the effect, not the cause. I, I, I pray that from today you become somebody that goes for the cause rather than the symptom. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Because the symptom is, is, is nothing. It's like uh, when you have fever, you feel cold one minute, you feel hot one minute. You are sweating one minute, you are, you are feeling feverish the other minute, your joints and your, your, your aches and pains and, and, and all those things, you may be vomiting and all that. They are all signs and symptoms. You can't go and get medication to treat feeling cold to feel hot. I don't know whether you understand. You can't go and get a medication to treat uh, uh, the nausea or, or get a medication to treat the, the weakness and leave the malaria. Because it is not, those things are just signs. What is the cause? Are you with me? People that deal effectively with the storm are people that look at the cause, not the effects. I'll leave it alone. 
Hallelujah. Because that's not what I want to talk about today. See, so when we talk about faith, we must understand that faith is the be and end of everything for us. As Christians, we, we operate by faith. Are you with me? We cannot exclude faith from our lives. The sad thing is that the modern day Christian has excluded, we have extricated faith from our lives. So we, 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 we live free of faith. Amen. We live free of faith. And, and it's so easy to move from faith to faithlessness. As proved by the disciples. Because these disciples were with Jesus himself. They had seen all the signs. They had watched the widow of Nain's son rise from the dead. They have seen Lazarus rise from the dead. They had seen just before this incident, they saw him making, doing miracles. The madman of Gadara had just been healed. And there was commotion, pandemonium. No, no, the, the madman was just about to be healed. But he had just uh, done the, the feeding of the 5,000. So it was so obvious that the man in the boat is not an ordinary man. That is God made flesh. They heard it when at John the Baptist's baptism, when Jesus, when God spoke about Jesus and said, this is my beloved son, hear he him. They all heard it. And they had believed in him. So that's how come they followed him all these years. But as they were following, they had lost faith and they didn't know. That's how come today I want us to talk about faithlessness. Because it is possible, like the disciples, for us to be in church, for us to do all that we do and still lose our faith and not even realize we've lost our faith. Am I making sense? The first thing I want us to look about, the the cause of losing faith. The first thing I want us to look at, the the, the causes, I don't know whether I want to treat causes yet or... Let me just talk because I'm not sure what I'm doing. Whether I'm talking about causes of lack of faith or something else. But it will all come good when when we finish. But the first thing that steals away our faith. Or that first thing that enhances faithlessness. Is familiarity. When we become too familiar. When we become so used to things, routine. Now, the Bible says, you are, we all know the scripture, 2 Chronicles 20, 20, in, early in the morning, they left the desert of Tekoa and they set out and Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and have faith in his and, and, and you shall be established and believe in the prophets and you shall prosper. Are you with me? Faith in God will establish you. Believing in the prophets or the man that God has, the set man that God has given will prosper you. Two, two things. But you see, those are the first two we can become familiar with. God's presence and the prophets. 
as we, we work in the house of God, as we walk in the house of God, as we, we, we come to the house of God and go and come and go and come, we can easily become so familiar with the routine that we lose the essence of the presence of God. We lose the power of God. We lose the fear of God. That's how come we can do, we can be in the house of God and do very, very, very crazy things that even unbelievers won't do. It's because we have lost the fear, the reverential fear of God. We are so familiar with the presence of God that he doesn't scare us anymore. You know, a, a lot of hardened unbelievers, hardened criminals, hardened uh, uh, people, when they come to the house of God, they, they, they behave, they behave is different. Even because of fear, they have the certain type of fear they have for God. They don't do certain things in the house of, they cannot. They are very uncomfortable because they are afraid. They have a reverential fear for God, which you and I easily lose. And so we stay in the house of God and misbehave. Because after all, it's God. It's just God. But the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall in the house of God. Beloved, let us never ever lose the reverential fear for God. The reverential fear for God is not being scared of him. But the respect, the reverence, the value we have. Let us never become too familiar with worship. Let us never become familiar with prayer. Let us never become familiar with anything to do with the things of God. Hallelujah. Because that is the easiest way of losing your faith. The quickest way is familiarity. You are used to God. You are used to church. Pastor will preach 45 minutes after he will call altar call. And then when some people come, he will lay hands. You know, sometimes you fall. Sometimes you won't fall. You know, and then after you just get up and go. That's it. You know, or praise and worship, three fast, too slow. We are, we are okay. We are doing announcements. You know, we do Occasionally, we throw some spice here there, but it's, it's usually mundane and routine. So, with that, but you see, God, God, is, God always uses the routine to, 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 to create the supernatural. It's just natural, but when he comes, he adds super to the natural. Are you with me? So you can easily become so used to the natural that when the super is imposed in the natural, you, don't, you, you lose out on it. That's how come most people who get uh, uh, blessed, most people who get healed, most people who get uh, uh, delivered in the house of God are people who haven't been too familiar with. But those who have stayed in church for a long time, they don't believe in prayer. They don't believe in the supernatural. You see, when the woman 
with the issue of blood was healed. The people around were insulting Jesus. You see the crowd pressed around you say, who touched me? What are you talking about? We are busy trying to, we are, this is a routine. Listen, we, have, we are bodyguards. We have to, you know, guard you. We have to push these people. That is what is important. The routine is important. It's not this to stop us and say, who touched me? Who touched me? What does that mean? You know, but in the routine was an answer to a, an 18-year-old problem. It was an answer to something that was supernatural. 2,000 years later, we are talking about it. But it happened in a routine. So in a routine is something that will transform your life for the rest of your life. But like the, the disciples, you can easily miss out on it. And you can be arguing and fighting instead of paying attention to something that has happened. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Familiarity. You know, the, the story in Luke chapter 7 verse 44 uh, four downwards, when Jesus entered into the, the house of the, the, the Pharisee, and the woman uh, came with the alabaster box and broke it and, and was using her tears to w- w- wash Jesus' feet and the oil to uh, perfume his, his feet. You know, the Pharisee said, if this man was the son of God as he claims, or a man of prophet, or a man of God, he would have known the type of character this woman is who is pouring uh, this expensive perfume on, on his feet. He would have known. You know, because these type of pastors who have come, they are, no, they are just, they are just uh, tricksters. They are just using, you know, tricks. You know, they had become too familiar with Jesus, but that they didn't realize that that was God made flesh walking amongst us. Jesus said to the woman, anywhere this gospel is preached, your name and this act will be mentioned. 2,000 years later, nobody remembers the Pharisee's name. Nobody knows how many Pharisees and, and chief priests were there. But we know of this woman. We know of her act. Am I making sense? Because of familiarity, you know, because in those days, you see, they all, they walked to every, everywhere they went. And walking was not something that was done as a luxury. Walking was a necessity. And because they were walking dead road, when they, when they come to anybody comes to your house, anybody of any uh, repute, any caliber, stature, your, the culture was you, the host, must get water and wash the person's feet. That was the culture. So you must be at a certain level for that to be done for you. Are, are you with me? But when Jesus came in, because of the way the Pharisees regarded him, you are, you are on my level. How do I stoop down and, walk, and, and wash your feet? Are, are you getting it? So they, they, they didn't wash. And you see, in, in Capernaum, where he went to his, his, his own country, 
He, the Bible says he could dare do no mighty works. Why? Because they said, is this not a carpenter? Is this not a carpenter's son? Is, is not, is not his sisters with us. Where did he get this wisdom from? Where did he get all these things that these big, big things that he's saying? And the Bible said, there he could do no, no miracle. Why? Because the people were familiar. See, anytime there's familiarity, there is lack of faith. You must fight against familiarity. Familiarity where it has to do with the presence of God. Familiarity where it's got to do with, with, with the man of God. You see, I, 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 go, I go to churches. When I'm in my own church, there's a certain level of faith. There's a certain level of reception. When I go to somebody else's church, there's another level of faith. There's another level of reception. Because we charismatic Christians, we like the new. The mysterious is, is powerful. The known is nothing. But meanwhile, it's the same anointing. That's why I will bring, I, I brought my son, my spiritual son. I trained him. I, I trained, I learned him everything he knows. I brought him here. In the room, they come and say, hey, can I see the pastor? Because I have problems. I've been with you all these years. I have been with you all these years. You won't tell me your problem. I have brought somebody. I trained him. I trained him. I learned everything he knows. But because he has just come. It's like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, can you help me to talk to that powerful man of God? <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing was, I said to her, go and talk to the lady. Go, go, go. The guy was afraid. I said, wait. I said, it's interesting. Though. Church members, I said, go. And when the person told him everything, he came to ask me, so this thing, how do you do it? I said, tell him this, tell, tell her this, tell her that. Have you seen how it is? Our familiarity makes us faithless. And that is how come we never get anything from God. I told you that if you are a Christian and you can't point to anything God has given you or anything God has done for you or anything that you receive through faith, not your own hard work, then you are a faithless person. Then means your Christianity is really airless. It's just paperless. It's just nothing. Because the just shall live by faith. As a Christian, you must always have a, a testimony. You must always have something that you receive from, from God through faith. And faith is the only thing that God will tell you, test me, prove me. God is not afraid of you testing him. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So, periodic, you must, you must actively test God. Test your faith. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Judge your faith level. Um, am I talking to somebody? Are, are you learning something? Yeah. Never ever become so familiar. Never ever become so familiar with the church. So familiar with the people. You know, on Sunday I heard a lot of things that broke my heart. I heard a lot of things that made me laugh. You know, 
These were some of the same people who sat in the church day in and day out. And they never saw my value. Today they are begging and praying that I should come. Even if I come anywhere near, they want to come. Some of them want to relocate and come. I say no. Because we can't become so familiar with a person. We lose the essence. Somebody told me that if you had stayed, my marriage would never have dissolved. Because you left. Look at me with all my children. But when I was there, when I say come, If I say sit, they will sit till here till tomorrow morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. But don't wait. I say don't wait. For the marriage to spoil, don't wait for the person to die. And say, oh, look. You know when the, some of the things that they were saying, say, oh, look. In fact, I got more those uh, things they were showing on the telly last night, a lot of them were coming. The, the video, you know how people how they always bring the thing after the event. <laughs> plenty, plenty. They say, oh. <laughs> one one of the people I really wanted to talk, uh, he was not given the opportunity. He was telling me was the guy who has the business, who has uh, houses through sermon I preached. He was in church. He wanted to talk. He and his family. I didn't get the opportunity. So he said he'll come again because he wants to come and talk. Maybe when people like that come and they talk, then you, you will believe in me will go up small. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you see, and if you are unfortunate to have somebody like me who always I'm free and easy, it's so easy to be familiar with somebody like me. You understand? I mean, some of the pastors came there, they never knew. They always see me as some, somebody walking around. Because if it's just my style, I can't change and become something that I'm not. Now, maybe I should put some gold chairs here and have some bodyguards as I'm going, as I'm going back and forth. Then maybe you, you, you people will believe me more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Judges six. Judges six. Judges six twelve. Have you learned something? And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is talking about Gideon, and said to him. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us, saying, 
did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this thy might. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least of my father's house. Next, one, next verse. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, if I now have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that you who talk, it is you who talked talk with me. Do not depart. From here, I pray until I have come to you and bring you an offering and set it before you. And he said, I'll wait until you come. Move to verse 22. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, alas, oh Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Amen. Now, I want you to look at a few things that enhances the faithlessness of Gideon and in turn enhances the faithlessness of all of us. From this passage we have read. Amen. The first thing, the first thing was when the angel spoke about going to release Israel from the hand of the Midianites, what did Gideon say? If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? He questioned God. He questioned God. First sign of lack of faith is when you are questioning God. Where is God in this? He questioned his God. How, how many of us have gotten to the point where we question God? See, how, how many realize that it's very easy to be in that situation where after believing in everything that God has done, because Gideon was the one who was saying to the angel, where are the things that we heard God do when he brought us from Egypt? Gideon was the one who was saying, after all that God has done, because of your problem, because of the Midianites, because of what you are going through, now God himself appears to you and he tells you that he's going to set you free by your hand. You say, how can you do that? Amen. In, in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 11, the Bible says that, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask nor test the Lord. A man of faith will say that I will not test God. I will not ask. If he has said it's good enough for me. I will not question him. Whatever he says, his words are yea and amen. If he has said it, it is so. If he says that I'll be free, I am free. 
If he says that I will live and not die, I will live and not die. Why should I question? Hallelujah. There are some questions that is out of lack of faith. How many can understand what I'm saying? This thing, would it work? It's because you, you lack faith. Say, go and start a community church. Me? Would it work? Why are, you, why, are you, why are you questioning? It's because your faith is dead. So you don't believe you can do. So you don't believe the word that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You don't believe it. You don't believe that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't believe it. You don't believe that God can use you to, do, to, to, to save many lives. Many Israelites' lives will be saved because of you, Gideon. You don't believe it. Hallelujah. You don't believe. That's why you question God. Amen. Ahaz said that I will not test the Lord. I will not question him. In Matthew 4, verse 7, Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written also, this saying to Satan, You shall not tempt the Lord or test thoroughly or try exceeding to test your God. Not test the Lord. Amen. The test of, of, of from the place of lack of faith is a sin. Amen. Number two. So number one, he do what? He questioned God. Do you know that he also doubted the angel? In verse 13. Go to verse 13. He doubted the angel. And Gideon said, verse 13, are you in verse 13? That's uh, Judges 6, 13. And Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has, he, has this thing happened to us? And where are all his miracles that his, our fathers spoke to us about? He doubted even the voice of the person who was talking. If you like, it's going back to to, to what I was talking about, familiarity with God, familiarity with the man of God. If this was, the angel was a man of God, he doubted the words that he was speaking to, to him, Gideon. It was only in verse 22 that he realized that the voice that had been talking to him was the angel of God. Hallelujah. That's how come a lot of advice that the pastor gives always you don't fall on deaf ears for you because you don't believe him. Am I making sense? Yeah. That's how come the pastor speaks. You see, God will speak to you through the man that he has put there for you. He's your cousin. So he, the advice is from God himself, not from him. But the reason why we always fall down and we go into ditches, God, we don't take the advice because we think it's the man talking. It's only in verse 22 that he says, ah, the voice that was talking was the angel of God himself talking to me. 
Or you want the pastor to come? I'm the angel of the Lord talking to you. Or say, that says the Lord before you hear it. You see, God always puts in our lives No, the word is still working. God always puts a man in our lives to help us chart the course of our lives. Are you getting it? So that you believe in God, you'll be established. But you believe in the voice of the prophet, the set prophet in your life, you'll prosper. And it's a principle, principle you must never ever forget. Are you with me? That's why you must always have a set man of God in your life. And his voice, you must honor. Sometimes we confuse ourselves. We have this person, that person, that person. That You alone, you have about five different people. Say fivefold ministry. This one tells you this. 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 And you see, sometimes... The things that are all contradicting and conflicting. So in the end, you are in the sea. First John 4, 18. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Amen. Don't question the voice that God uses to speak to you. Number three, he declared that God, that God already had left them to their enemies. In other words, Gideon declared that God had joined the enemy's camp. Did you see that? But now, the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Are you with me? This is what he said. The Lord has abandoned us and has handed us over to the Midianites. So God is in the Midianites camp. See, when you are faithless, you talk like that. Where you feel that God is against you. Where you feel that the whole world is against you. Where you feel that you alone, nothing will work for you. Nothing will ever materialize for you. You are a slave to your enemy because God has handed you over to your enemy. Was it that God had handed uh, them over to the, the, the Midianites? Can you, can you see? Did, did not the Lord bring us out, out, out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Had the Lord abandoned them? If the Lord had abandoned them, would he be sending his angel to come and talk to you, Gideon? But when you are faithless, nothing makes sense. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Let us learn how to have faith in God. Let us have faith in God. Even in our storm. Because now now that there's no problem, it's easy to believe in God. Are you with me? Now, so things are okay. So, yeah, God is. The Lord reigneth. The Lord reigneth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's so easy when things are going well. But when the storms come, and when the Midianites are eating all your harvest, 
and you can't have anything to eat. That is when your faith is challenged. That is when you begin to think that God has left you. God doesn't even exist. That's how can we that's when we talk like idiots. See, like this God thing doesn't work. Can you see Gideon talking like that? This God thing doesn't work. If God was with us, how come he's giving us to our enemies? What did we do? Wrong. That he's giving us to the enemies. But I like the man of God. He had patience. Because another angel probably might not have that much patience. Because I remember another angel that went to John, John's uh, father. He, 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 what is it called? Zachariah. And he was asking this type of same questions. He said, let him be dumb. Because I haven't got time to be answering nonsense questions. Just go dump and walk around. It's okay. It will help you keep quiet. So I can see that some of the times that God sends different angels with different temperaments. Some are not, some don't have proper hearts. Because you remember Mary also. How can these things be? Seeing that I'm a virgin, I know not a woman. He said, I don't know anything about it. The Lord, the Spirit of God will overshadow you. This is a very gentle, he's a, he's a Ghanaian type of angel. <laughs> Give me a lot of explanation, a lot of hard patience. But once I go dumb, this one too had a lot of patience. He said, sit here and let me bring you food. You need to start there. Hallelujah. Maybe yours will not be not be like this. Maybe yours will give you some slaps. <laughs> ah, I've said this is to you three times. You're still doing it. They'll give you two slaps. That will, that will sort you out. And now the number number what number are we on? Number four. When he questions the how. Now he wants to know the exact way God is going to deliver. Before I go, how are you going to do it? Remember, Abraham was told, go. No house. He went. Uh, He was told, go and sacrifice. He went. He didn't know how it was going to happen. He went. Moses went with a rod. How come you want to know the how? (laughs) Give me an idea how you're going to do it. How are you going to do it? Uh, And then he says that you're going to use a few men who goes to bring a lot of men. See, when you are faithless, now you, you you try to become intellectual. You try to want to reason. Because, you're, you see, the, the carnal mind, the Bible says, an enemy to God. When you try on to logically explain and logically process everything, you don't have faith. Can you see that it was happening to this man? Hmm? Zachariah, he said that, how can I be sure that this will happen? I am an old man. And my wife is also uh, uh, well along in her years.
explain that it's a little bit Is it going to be artificial insemination? Would it be? <laughs> I won't go there. Number five. He asked for a sign. Give me a sign. Verse 36. He said, this is, this is um, uh, what is it called? Gideon. That's six, uh, Judges 6. 36 downwards. Then Gideon said to the Lord, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I'll put a wool of uh, fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel. If, as you have promised. Now, you see how, how silly this guy is becoming now. Now, he wants wool, wet wool sign. That the whole floor is dry, but only the wool is wet. Then I'll believe. How many have done things like that? If God would do something mysterious, then I'll believe that he's... A, a, what do you call it? <laughs> need a sign. So I wake up in the morning, I'll see a red cap cross the road, then I'll know that you are with me. This interview will go well. <laughs> Mark 8, verse 12. And he groaned and sighed deeply in a spirit and said, why does this generation demand a sign? Positively, I say to you, no signs shall be given to this generation. Signs are for unbelievers. I'm reading the NIV. Did you hear that? I, I left, I became quiet because I wanted you to to to, 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 to ruminate about it. He sighed deeply and said, why is this generation seeking a sign? I surely no sign shall be given it. But my version says that positively I say to you, no sign. This is uh, uh, the NIV. It says, no sign shall be given to this generation. Signs are for unbelievers. But for us who have faith, we no longer need convincing. For we approach God by faith. Knowing it pleases him. Signs are for what? Unbelievers. If he has said it, it's good enough. Don't worry about signs. Hallelujah. You know, six years ago, seven years ago, when we were walking into... Leeds. We came six years ago, seven years ago. I don't know. We came with our portmanteau. Remember? Uh, just portmanteau. With our children holding suitcases. If we had 
if, if, if we had asked God, show us a sign that this lease that you are bringing us, you give us a church. You give us people. Uh, let a, a boat be driving on the street, then we'll believe. <laughs> no. No. He says that I am with you. That's good enough. Go in this thy might that he is with you. And go. Just go. Stop seeking signs. Signs are for unbelievers. Questions, 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 questions. Always asking questions. Just go and do it. He's with you. Do it. It will work. I said it will work. Hallelujah. Is it not working? Is the church not working? Yeah, but, but give us a sign. Give us a sign. Now, we'll, we'll be in the house. The first day we get there, somebody will come and knock on the door and say that God has told them that he should come and help us. No. First Corinthians 14, 22. I'm closing. First Corinthians 14, 22. Are, are, we, are we learning something about faithlessness? I'm talking about faith, but I want you to look at it from this angle. That sometimes our questioning and even our behavior shows how much of faithlessness we have. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but those who Believe. So signs are for people who don't believe. If you say you believe, you don't need a sign. Once he said it, it's good enough. Go with it. Hallelujah. I believe that I am about to raise millionaires in this church. I believe it. God showed me that my people are going to become billionaires. You know, I was praying, I was saying that I have raised a lot of people who became very wealthy because that's also part of the gift that God has given me, that people who stay under my feet become very, very rich. Whether you become, either you become rich or I sack you from the church. <laughs> either you become rich or you get offended in me and you leave. Yeah, and, and see, I was praying, and I was where I saw all these people who had become very, very wealthy, and then they all came. When they came, they were just like some of us, nothing. And now they are. We have employment. We are employing people. Somebody called me yesterday. Said anything you want, just pay it. I'll buy it for you. He, he just called me. Said I should name anything I want, anything, anything. He will buy it from me. I say me. I won't name anything. Because really I don't need anything. So I don't know where from there he came to talk to you. Because me when I say I don't I don't need anything. <laughs> yeah, he called say anything you want. Anything you want. He's listening to me right now. He's got, he listens to every message, every Wednesday, every Sunday. 
to listen, knows everything I'm saying. I said, my people in my church don't even know that there's a, the message is recorded. He, pre- he, he was preaching my message, my sermons to me. Every, so as I'm talking now, he's hearing. He said, anything you want, just say it. Me, I'll buy it. There's one of the children now, don't be put there. I think, uh, Uncle, you have to put a box or something. Because the other day, they did the same thing during service. <laughs> the, the, the lights were on before I realized it was off, and the child was running around. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, the guy was saying that, listen, anything you want, because he knows that everything he has, it was because of what he had. And, he, and then I, I was praying, I said, God, I've raised all these people. When are you going to give me people here who also do what? He said, I've given them to you already. So you are going to become very wealthy. I don't know whether you believe it or not. Listen, stop doubting and stop looking for a sign. Take the word as it is and prove the word. When you hear something from this pulpit, believe it. Go in that might and prove it because it works. Me, I've seen it work. So me, I don't have, I don't have any doubt. The problem is you haven't seen it. <laughs> so you are the one who is doubting. Hallelujah. Let me finish. I have a few more, but I'll leave you for today. Is that okay? Let me give one last one. Gideon, for Gideon, seeing is believing. Verse 22. But Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord. So he cried out, oh, sovereign Lord, I am doomed. For I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Seeing is believing for Gideon. It's amazing how charismatic Christians, we don't believe the presence of God. We want some spooky something. Then we will believe. That's how come people are creating funny, funny things <laughs> and showing us. Because we want to see with our eyes before we believe. But I've realized that anytime God always goes in the routine to add his super to the natural. Hallelujah. So learn to even see God, even in the ordinary. See God in the routine. See him. He is here. Are you with me? It's just this word you are hearing that will change your life. I said it's just this word you are hearing. And I'm not shouting. I'm not dancing. I'm not jumping up and down. But it's this same word that is going to change your life. If you allow it to change your life. If you don't become doubtful and begin to ask questions, it will transform you. I wish we had given people some time to, uh, to share some testimonies. Maybe that will help those of us in this room. But I'm telling you that believe it.